Hi there. Thank you for tuning in to the Equipoise podcast, where we try to bring some balance to certain issues in 10 minutes or less. Last week, we waded into the discussion of whether the church is local or universal. We didn't necessarily pick a side since that wasn't our goal, but hopefully we came away with a little bit more nuance and balance on the issue. For instance, the word church certainly is almost exclusively used in a geographically local and visible sense in the Bible and elsewhere. But there's also hints of it being used more generally, such as when Paul says, I persecuted the church of God when recounting his pre-conversion days. So I hope that Christians will be able to have this sort of discussion without getting too hot under the collar about it. Today, we're going to begin a week-long marathon of rapid-fire half-length episodes to wrap up our mini-series on the church that tackles some common controversial takes that have to do with the church. So let's begin. Rapid fire round one. What makes a church a church? When can a church start calling themselves a church? Well, there's some extremes here. One states that a church can only be considered a church when it's officially established or planted by another local church. Uh, Some denominational traditions would go even further and say, unless if it's a Baptist church who can trace its roots back to John Williams's church in primitive America, all the way back to the Apostles' Church. Trust me, I've heard this before. Um, it gets a little crazy, right? Um, so there's a lot of really extreme positions on this. So one of them basically says it's got to be official, it's got to be traceable, it has to be authority, all that fun stuff. Another m- more extreme position states that anytime a few believers get together in a house or go bowling, they're a legitimate church, as it were, with all the bells and whistles. Now, they take this from an out-of-context misunderstanding of Jesus' teaching that he's present in the midst of them when two or three are gathered, right? So to make matters worse, the subject actually isn't addressed super clearly in the scriptures. It's kind of nebulous, but that doesn't keep folks from taking hardline stances on it. No, sir. I, <laughs> I have found that if something's not clear in scripture, that doesn't keep us from taking a hardline stance. Anyways, quickly. So what makes a church a church? Well, it's clear that Paul established churches wherever he went, and some of these seem to be just set up more hastily than others. And other times in church history, we see churches just seem to crop up among believers who fervently desire the company of one another and organize among themselves. In fact, I think this whole idea of churches must be officially and ceremoniously birthing other churches in order for them to be legitimate is actually a rather new approach to church planting. Instead of citing the Westminster, Augsburg, or Baptist confessions as concise as they are, I'd rather recall a case study for you as follows. In the Ural Mountains of Russia, two people named Oleg and Marina were saved under the missionary endeavors of a man named Will. Well, they later encountered an old watch repairman named Sergei and his wife Zina. Well, Sergei kept referencing God, you know, in the conversation, and they were like, hey, are you a Christian? And he was like, yeah. Um, and they said, we've been praying for a church. And he was like, we've been praying for a church too, you know. Now, they said all this in Russian, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, so together, they grabbed their friend Olga, and the five of them started studying the Bible together with Will. And before you know it, They were a church, such as it is. This church grew, and now they have a pastor. They practice the ordinances and so on. Is this a real church? I submit to you that this is as real as a church as the one you attend, I'm quite sure. Now, for those of you who are bothered by this, what would you rather have had done here? Would you rather have had them have no church? You know what I mean? Um, How would you have practically improved on this? I submit to you in the interest of balance that nothing unbiblical happened here, just a little bit counter-cultural to our church culture. 
In fact, if you were to read the whole story, this is found in Jonathan Lehman's book, One Assembly, you'd see how the hand of God was heavily involved in the whole thing. Here's my point. Just because we see something frequently done incorrectly does not mean that every time it happens is incorrectly. For instance, I think many, many pastors of churches in my own particular denominational tradition are woefully unqualified and shouldn't be pastoring churches. I know, I'm terrible. But that doesn't mean there shouldn't be pastors. I also think that most drivers are careless, selfish, and reckless to varying degrees. That doesn't mean that there's no good drivers. It just means that, in my opinion, it's usually done wrong. So, just because we don't usually see churches started today, independently of any mother church, so to speak, and just because there are some dangers associated with this, such as novices pastoring and a possible increased likelihood of false doctrine, doesn't mean it can't be done right or that it's wrong. As I read the Bible, it seems to me that a church is a church when it assembles together to continue in the apostles' doctrine, to pray, to break bread, to fellowship, to share all things together, to sing, to worship God. I think we need to be very careful not to have a knee-jerk reaction to churches that are started unconventionally simply because we don't have as much control over the process as we'd like to have. Now, since this is the Sunday edition, I'm going to go a little longer than I will throughout the rest of the week, in which I will keep the episodes limited to five minutes or less. But for today, I'll close with a, a bit of a personal testimony. I'm going off script here. There's a church nearby, very nearby, that called themselves, um, what did they call themselves? It was a, uh, they called themselves like a Bible study or um, something. I forget. Oh, ministries. Ministries. It was so-and-so ministries. And uh, one day I was driving past and they had a sign that said so-and-so church. And I thought, well, wait a minute. <laughs> How did they go from ministries to church? Who let this happen? Because, you know, a point of pride, I suppose, for me was that I was a church. I was, you know, we have a history. I was ordained, sent out. You know, we had the big, you know, the whole deal, right? And then I thought, well, these guys just crop up next door and they were ministries, a bunch of people meeting, and now they're called a church. What oh, what happened here? You know, I was, boy, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, but I was kind of bent out of shape about it. But actually, what was happening was they were aligning themselves with what the Bible clearly identifies as a church, not a ministry. They are a group of people that was assembling regularly to hear the preaching, to continue on all the things we talked about. They're a church. And so for me to try to forbid them from calling themselves a church is, well, <laughs> unbalanced. <laughs> Anyhow, that's all I've got for today. Uh, again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'll have five-minute episodes rolling out in the evening. Um, I'm not going to be too terribly offended if not everybody catches all of them. It's just I'm just trying to wrap up this church mini-series without cramming everything into a 10-minute episode, um, especially when there's so much to cover. And then we're going to conclude everything with a final 10-minute episode next Sunday about what the big idea of church is. Why is it important? What's, what's going on? You know, just kind of wrap it all up. But for now, I look forward to touching base with you uh, throughout the week in five-minute little episodes. And so until next time, Stay balanced.